Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, um, we ask, Lord, that you help us to concentrate on your word today, Lord, because there's just important things that we need to know so that we may be pleasing unto you, Lord. Bless our thought life, Lord. Deliver us from evil, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Father. You know, Samuel was a wise man. But when he went out to anoint a leader for Israel, he just wasn't wiser than God. It says in 1 Samuel 16 and 6, And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on his height of stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And, uh, of course, he um, continued to look on the the big brothers of uh, David, and he chose David, the one who was among them who had a clean heart before the Lord. You know, the Lord knows us, by our heart. He doesn't know us by our outward appearance. Most people want to be acceptable to people around them, and they, um, you know, don't reveal their inner selves to everybody. You can't stop from revealing your inner self to God. He sees everything. He hears everything that your thoughts are saying. Everything. Listen to Psalm 139. I'm going to start with verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Of course, this is David. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Well, so he knows your thoughts even from heaven. (laughs) But... uh, and he's, he's much closer than that, but he knows you afar off. He knows you by your thoughts. I'm not talking about the thoughts that the devil fires in there to bring you under condemnation or to tempt you. He knows the difference, okay? He knows who you are by your thoughts. Other people know who you are by what they perceive outwardly. The things that you say, the things that you do, many times these are all tailored to be pleasing to people, because we're not supposed to be displeasing to people, and uh, we're supposed to want favor with people. Some people are far, far overbalanced on that because of a fear of rejection, so they become a lie, actually, in front of people. Um, and they manipulate things in their favor, favor and um, you know, to make themselves be seen as good or innocent, of some wrongdoing or whatever, you know. 
And uh, But God sees the thoughts. He knows you by your thoughts. He says, uh, Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. His ways, of course, are in your thoughts, right? For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go uh, from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? doesn't matter where you are. Uh, God knows you. He knows you where you are, even from afar off. And verse 12 says, Even the darkness hideth not from thee. There is no place you can hide from God. You can't hide your thoughts from Him. He knows you. But the night shineth as the day. See, darkness makes no difference. Buildings make no difference. Uh, another side of the earth makes no difference. You can't flee anywhere where He does not know your thoughts. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, He said. Verse 16. Thine eyes did see mine unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, even the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was none of them. The Lord knows you. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. And he says in verse 24, or actually 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. He does. He says he does. And see if there be any wicked way in me. He we want him to reveal that to us so we can change our thoughts. Of course, the best way to change your thoughts is change what you think on. You know, uh, meditate on the scriptures so that you might not sin against God, right? Sin is, uh, as I've taught before, is threefold. It's first a thought. Then it's an emotion, and then it's an action. You know, if a person gets angry, it's because of what they're thinking on. And then after they are angry, they become wrathful. They do something uh, against someone. But the Lord said here, uh, And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen. So, you know, God knows every thought you have. We have to start with the thought if we're going to stop the action. Okay. Now, I, I like I say, people tailor their their actions around people. There's people that can talk the talk of Christianity very, very well, but you don't know that person. The only way you know that person is by their thoughts. You can't even judge their thoughts because some people try to do that. And that's very foolish for you to judge someone's thoughts. What they're thinking, what's their motives, all these things. The Bible says you have to have two or three witnesses before you can accuse someone in your mind or to others. Okay, Two or three witnesses. That's somebody who witnesses sin. 
Okay, But God doesn't have to do that. He sees the thought. He sees the sin in your mind before it comes out of your mouth or before it's in your feet or it's before it's in your actions. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, For as he thinketh within himself, so is he. As he thinketh within himself, so is he. The person is who they think. Again, separating your thoughts from Satan's thoughts and his fiery darts that go in there and that you might reject. God's even sees your heart when you reject those temptations of Satan. So he's talking about you, your thoughts. That's who he knows. And so he has a really a leg up on who we are. People around us don't know who we are. And a person that has problems, um, you know even less because the devil is a deceiver and he's deceived every man on the earth. Okay? And so we need to, when God talks about showing us the New Testament, for instance, in Matthew 5, uh, 27 and 28, he says, You have heard that it was said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that everyone who looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. In his heart. His thoughts is what God is judging here. Is he giving in in his thoughts? Okay. Well, so that teaches us that we're supposed to be policing our thoughts. How do you do that? Well, first you have to know what is right. And uh, and also, when you put what is right into your mind, it overcomes what is wrong, just like the light overcomes the darkness, right? You know, Proverbs 4 and 20. I'm going to read on down through 24, I guess. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Well, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for other things. (laughs) Let them not depart from thine eyes. You have to ask God to help you to do this. If you want your thoughts to be pure, and you want to be pure and holy before the Lord, and you want to be in the bride, for instance, one of these high callings of God, uh, you have to put the word before your eyes. You have to train your thoughts. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life. They are life. The words that recreates our thoughts, that is our life. They are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now whatsoever man sows, so shall he reap. Sowing, of course, the parable of the sower shows us that sowing can be words, you know, spoken. Jesus spoke the word, and it went into um, hearts that bore the fruit of his words, 30, 60, and 100-fold. 
And he says here, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, this is where your life comes from. It comes from the things that you think. And then, by the way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? And so we sow, and we reap what we sow, okay? And so the Lord is telling us to be careful how we think. We need to be diligent to police our thoughts, as I've called it before. Um, Do not permit thoughts that are contrary to God or His Word. Um, For instance, 2 Corinthians 10, I'm going to start in verse 3 here. Though we walk in the flesh, now, of course, that is an outward appearance, an outward thing, something that is coming from the heart. The mind of the flesh is death, the Bible says. But though we physically walk in this flesh, we all do, but we don't all mind the flesh, right? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. That would, of course, be according to outward appearances. God knows the heart. We have to follow the Spirit in order to know the heart, right? The heart of another man, even. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mighty before God to casting down of strongholds. Strongholds are in the mind. The devil has gained territory in man's mind. And to have regeneration is to have all of his strongholds cast down and God's word ruling in our minds. The disciple says, Where else can we go, Lord? Thou hast the words of life. And Jesus said the words that he spoke were spirit and life. Meaning, of course, that when he spoke those words, they go into us and recreate his life in us. Through our, first of all, by our thinking. What we think. Who we are in our heart. And he tells us in verse 5, as most of you know, casting down imaginations or reasonings. You know, your mind is always reasoning, always thinking on things. But are you running the race legally? Are you thinking on the things you should be thinking on? This is what we're talking about. If you don't, your mind is being corrupted and you are being corrupted and you will sow a corrupted seed and you will reap a corrupted reward. Casting down imaginations or reasonings and every high thing, because man is proud, man, uh, you know, looks out for himself. Um, self is not a good thing. Self has to die. And every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God. It's exalted against the knowledge of God. When we train, like we looked and saw in Proverbs chapter 4, we train our mind with the Word of God. If we're not humble to the Word of God, if it doesn't go as a seed into our heart to recreate Him, to bring forth His fruit, 
uh, then we're wasting our time. There are people that read the Bible, you know, to know it by heart, but they don't know what they're reading and they don't change what they do. They're hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. We study. And of course, he said this, this man deludes himself, right? These are deluded people because they read the word, but they don't do the word. And when you share the word with them, they still don't, are not impressed with the word. They're impressed with their thoughts, with their mind, what they believe, even if what they believe is totally illegal. You know, receiving things against another when there is no grounds, uh, witness, uh, etc., etc., are illegal. And so this is where evil begins in your relationships with other people. You're thinking what they're thinking. <laughs> You're not qualified to do that. Only God is qualified to do that. He can tell you. But he, he doesn't tell it to someone who is, um, you know, puffed up with their own importance and uh, has an ambition against someone else. I mean, if he's going to tell you something and you're going to stumble, why would he tell you that? Why would he tell you something about someone to judge them to cause you to stumble? No, that's not God. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He tells you what people think all the time what they and what they've done all the time and what their motives are all the time. And the Bible, of course, teaches us contrary to this. I'm going to share that with you. And we are cast down all these high things that are exalted against the knowledge of the word of God. And we're to bring every thought into captivity, he says here, to the obedience of Christ, to obey the word of God. To obey God's anointed. The anointing is upon the word too, by the way. And we are to subject everything to the word. When God brings to remembrance these things to protect you from accepting something in your mind. Because out of your mind and out of your heart is the issue of life. That's where your life comes from, he says. And being in readiness to avenge all disobedience, because, of course, people do like to take up a reproach against someone else. And uh, God says, no, you're not qualified. Why are you not qualified? He said, being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience shall be made full. He's saying, no, you get the board out of your eye so you can see clear to help your brother, right? Many people think they're qualified to correct others while they live in sin and corruption. But God doesn't permit it. it. No, it's not God. It's not God. It's the accuser of the brethren quite often. And Romans chapter 12 tells us, one, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. This is very important. To present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And be not fashioned according to this world, because obviously your, your senses uh, receive the things of the world, your ears, your eyes, your nose, uh, receive the things of the world, and um, formulate your thoughts. But he tells you, don't be fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
You're transformed before God when your thoughts are transformed because he knows your thoughts. He knows you by your thoughts. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. This is God's opinion. It's the one that counts. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Would you like to be in the perfect will of God? Well, how can you be? How can two walk together except they be agreed? And how can you be agreed with God unless you believe what his word says? Now, some people don't bother to study his word because they feel... um responsible when they do that and of course we are responsible when we do that but we can't grow without the word changing our mind you know um, a lot of people hate correction oh that's a terrible trap to be in a fool hates correction Um, we the only way we can grow is by hearing something that's contrary to our thinking our wrong thinking. The only way we can grow is to be corrected. And the only way we learn correction is from somebody who knows something that we don't know or believes something that we don't believe. So when people come to us with a word that's contrary to our thoughts, we've got to be humble. God gives grace to the humble. We've got to accept the word whether it's manifested, you know, in the writings or, or whether it is um, just an agreement with the words. How can two walk together except they be agreed? We've got to come into agreement with God. Uh, his bride, by the way, is going to be like him. No one hath ascended into heaven but he that descended out of heaven. It is the seed of the word of God that comes down out of heaven. It is the manna in the wilderness that we eat. They complained they didn't like the manna. They wanted flesh. They wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, you know. And, of course, God gave them flesh until it came out of their nose because they lusted after the flesh and not the manna, the man from heaven, Jesus Christ. And God does that with a lot of people. He turns them over to tormentors because all they lust after is the world. And so he has to give them enough of the world till they get sick of it. You know, kind of like the parent that catches the kid smoking or may tell them to smoke the whole pack. (laughs) No, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying they know that this works. Okay. And so God, you know, God gives us the same treatment sometimes, you know. Um, He wants us to be sick of the world, the way of the world. Right. Amen. And, you know, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In other words, police your thoughts. Think on the good things. Don't be ready to judge people in your mind because you'll judge people with your mouth and with your feet 
and then you'll get yourself in trouble, right? Judgment ends up being unforgiveness, criticism, anger, wrath, railing, etc., etc., etc. So many things start with unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're going to judge people. If you judge people, you're going to be judged. It's that simple. Think on these things, the things which you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You'll, be, you'll have peace. What did Paul say? How do we copy him? How do we emulate him who emulated the Lord? We have to change our thinking. Think on these things. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the changing of your thought. Changing your mind is what the word repent means. Change your thoughts. Read the Word of God. Read it until it overcomes your programming. Put the new programming in there until it overcomes your programming. You never need to stop doing this because people get so distracted with the world. Ask the Lord to think on these things that are pure. Think on these things that are true and honorable and just and of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians chapter 2 and 1 says, If there is therefore any exhortation in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any, any tender mercies and compassions, make full my joy that you be of the same mind, the same mind, the same thinking, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Amen. The same thinking, right? Uh, our mind, we, we have the mind of Christ. It's uh, usually on our bookshelf. <laughs> but uh, but we, we need to study it. We need to be of the same mind. This is what we're training to do. This is the most important thing about overcoming sin and being uh, brought into the image of Jesus Christ. Right? Of one mind. Doing nothing through faction or through vain glory. You know, you know, you can tell these temptations that want to divide people or through vain glory, things that puff you up, make you great. Some people are very ambitious and don't follow them. Don't hang out with the people that are so ambitious. You know that they're doing everything for their own glory. They're doing everything to puff themselves up. They're headed for destruction. Pride cometh before the fall. You know if they fall, they'll probably take you with them if you're, you know, sitting under them. But in lowliness of mind, or lowliness of thought, right? Each counting other better than himself. I remember when I was uh, delivered out of the, uh, the church that I spent the most time in, when I was younger in the Lord, and I thought, Wow, Lord, you delivered me out of that. And why didn't you deliver so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? Well, I learned after a while why they were 
puffed up in their thinking. They were idolatrous in, in accepting only what that church believed and so on and so forth. And I was free and I wanted to believe only what the Bible said. The Lord trained me very young to believe only what the Bible said. And if the Lord goes one way and they go the other way, go with the Lord, you know. But I, I thought others better than myself. I thought, wow, Lord, why didn't you free so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? Look how diligent they are, you know. <laughs> no, the Lord shows you better. Uh, he says, not looking each of you to his own things but each of you also to the things of others. In other words, think about other people. Don't think so much on yourself. Think about the needs of others. What do they need? How can you edify them? How can you love them? How can you give to them? Because when you give, it'll be given unto you, right? You know, Job, when he prayed for these factious friends of his, they weren't really friends, were they? When he prayed for them, God blessed him and delivered him, right? Amen. But each of you also to the things of others. And have this mind in you, this thought in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How are you going to do that if you don't study the Word? Right? How are you going to do this if you don't put the thoughts of God into your head? Right? Who existing in the form of God counted not the being on the equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now he's not talking about not wanting to be like God. He's talking about the more puffed up version of this, right? Wanting to be like God. There are many people that make themselves God. They want to make themselves God in your mind and over your life. They want to uh, uh, rule over you. So the thought is to count not the being on the equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, not a ruler, not a lord, a servant, serving your fellow man, causing your fellow man to um, grow up into God, right? Amen. Taking the form of a servant. God loves this. He gives grace to the humble. The proud he resists. You can't grow if you're proud, if you're putting yourself in a position that God didn't put you, because many people do that. They give themselves titles, wonderful titles. I'm a this, I'm a that, uh, so-and-so. Put initials <laughs> with their name, and so on and so forth, you know. It's not necessary. Paul didn't go around calling himself the Apostle Paul, you know. None of the rest of them did that either. Yes, they were known as apostles. And it's good for you to be known by your gift. A man's gift shall make his way for him. But you don't have to put, pump yourself up and put yourself up on a pedestal in other people's minds, right? Taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Well, the death of the old man is the death of the mind of the flesh. Let me tell you, it's the death of the thoughts of the old man, becoming obedient even unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Put the old man on the cross and don't let him climb down. And you do that by being obedient to the word as it teaches you to police your thoughts and to cast down all these reasonings and illegal thoughts, right? 
Wherefore also God highly exalted him. Well, that's kind of what happened to David. God looked on his heart, and he exalted him. You know, David loved the sheep. He put his life on the line for the sheep. He fought a lion and a bear for the sheep. Reckon his brothers would have done that? They probably said, oh, they're just sheep. I'm going this way. No, and God saw that, that they were valuable to him. Wherefore also God highly exalted him and gave unto him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, that's that's a neat saying, but a lot of times the Lord is not Lord, and it's our fault. You know, because we're not making him Lord. We're not giving him the position of Lord. Okay, how about um, Colossians 3? And I'm going to read uh, 2 through 5. No, I'm going to read 1 through 5. Let's see. If then ye were raised together with Christ, which we were, we were seated with him in heavenly places, right? Seek the things which are above where Christ is. So since you are in heavenly places, uh, seek those things that are yours in God, right? Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind or your thoughts on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Many people, that their whole mind and thought is captivity to the things of the world, right? And not necessarily serving others. But you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So since we're dead, we have the authority to uh, cast down wrong thoughts, wrong thinking, because that person's dead. We reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. We reckon our thoughts to be in agreement with God. And that's why we read the Word, and that's why He puts it in our hearts, too, when we read it. Because we believe him. We believe that we were crucified with Christ. We believe that we died. We believe that the old man has no right to live. We believe that Christ lives in us. And His. we now have the mind of Christ. Okay? When Christ, who is our life, shall be manifested. That means, faniru, uh, to cause to shine. Then shall ye also with him be manifested in glory. Put to death, therefore, in other words, since these things are true, okay, put to death, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, all these start as thoughts, by the way, and you do them in your thoughts too, according to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which Things sake cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. Well, where are they disobeying? Well, first of all, they're disobeying in their thoughts, evil desire, right? In their thoughts. And, of course, God knows you by your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, When we set our mind on the things that are above, the things, well, for instance, this word came down out of heaven. It's our manna, right? 
that came down out of heaven. It's our life in the wilderness of this world. We set our mind on these things. God is going to bless us. He's going to give us that renewed mind that we so lust after. Lust, by the way, is a a word that means desire, that we so desire after. Lust can be used negatively, but the original word can be used positively because we desire good things, right? Ephesians 4, 21. If so be that you heard him and were taught in him, even as truth is in Jesus, that you put away as concerning your former manner of life the old man. Remember, the old man, who are you? you? You are your thoughts, right? The thoughts that have to pass away so that the thoughts of Christ and the mind of Christ takes over, right? The old man that waxes corrupt after the lusts of deceit. Or, I mean, lusts are desires. Where are desires? They're in your thoughts. And how about deception? They're in your thoughts, right? Your body's not deceived unless your mind is deceived, unless your thoughts are deceived, right? So, it waxeth, the old man waxeth corrupt after the lusts of deceit. And that you, you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, in the spirit of your mind, right? Your thoughts, the spirit of your thoughts. And now we've received a new spirit in Christ, a born-again spirit. And it's very helpful to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he empowers you to think after Christ and to think on Christ and to love the things of Christ and to have power over the things of the world, right? So be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man that after God has been created in righteousness and holiness in truth. Where is truth? It's in your mind. Where is holiness? It's in your mind. Where is righteousness? It's in your mind before it's anywhere else. Wherefore, putting away falsehood, speak ye truth, each one with his neighbor. You know, there are people that are just so full of manipulation. They, they figure, they sit and think on ways to deceive you about who they are and what they've done and what they're doing. Everything is manipulated. It's all pre-created in their minds. They sit there and think about manipulation. It's a demon, by the way. Lots of people with rejection have that demon. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. And I have a right to put a question mark there just as they have a right to put a colon there. Because there is no punctuation in the original. And the reason I say this is because he goes on to say, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right? Anger resteth in the bosom of a fool, the Bible says. So, no, you don't have a right to be angry and not sin. If you're angry, you are sinning. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Wrath is a result of anger. Right? Don't. Let the sun go down on In other words, get rid of it quickly, you know. Neither give place to the devil. You're giving place to thoughts that make you angry in every case. Thoughts are the foundation of every sin. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing that is good. 
The idle mind is the devil's workshop, they say, and I believe it's true. <laughs> I believe it agrees with the word. Um, the thing that is good, that you that he may have whereof to give to him that hath need, not just to give to ourselves, but to meet the needs of others. That's part of our job here, is to meet the needs of others. You give to others, it'll be given unto you, right? Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth. So even if you have a bad thought, don't spread it, okay? Because uh, the thoughts of a man defile him. But when they come out of his mouth, they defile others, and you're guilty. You're guilty when you do that, right? Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth, but such as is good for edifying. Now, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, so you're speaking what's in your thoughts, right? And what he's saying is, don't think these thoughts. Don't speak those thoughts. Let your mouth be attached to the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ. Right? But such is good for edifying as the need may be. You want to edify everybody, right? That it may give grace to them that hear. So what comes out of your mouth needs to give people grace, not cause them to sin. I know a man who destroyed his whole family because I warned him about faction and he didn't listen. I, get, I prophesied to the man... The Lord told me uh, that because you have divided God's children, I'm going to divide your children. I told the man that because the Lord sent me to tell him that. I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and I gave him that word. And then recently we discovered that his family is divided. His son was divided uh, from his daughter-in-law. They both fell into sin separately and separated from one another, and now he's with another woman. And, uh, you know, I shared that with him before so he would know he needed to repent of that, and he did not. And he destroyed many lives, you know, with the words that came out of his mouth, the faction, the, um, you know, railing, the slander, etc., etc. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and railing, these are the things all that sprout from unforgiving thoughts. Unforgiving thoughts are the foundation for all of this. And, and yes, these are emotional things. Bitterness is an emotion, right? But it starts with an unforgiving thought, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and railing. Uh, let them be put away from you with all malice. Anything that is devious against someone else, you must forsake it. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. This will protect you from all of these things. Forgiving each other so that you're not turned over to the tormentors, as Jesus said, the Father would do for everyone who did not forgive their brother from the heart. Anybody that does any of these things are not forgiven their brother from the heart. Even as God also in Christ forgave you. He forgave you. You must forgive. These thoughts are evil. They make the person evil. doesn't matter what you look at on the outside. 
These thoughts make the person evil in God's eyes. Matthew 15 and 16 says, And he said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Perceive ye not that whatsoever goeth into the mouth passeth into the belly, and is cast out into the drought? But the things which proceed out of the mouth come forth out of the heart. They defile the man. So, it's not only what you speak, it's what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He is defiled by his thinking. And when it comes out of his mouth, he defiles other people with this thinking. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they're spirit and life. Everybody's words are spirit, one or another. And they come out and they either defile people or they build people up. Everything has to be done unto edifying, which means building them up. For out of the heart cometh forth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, railings. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not the man. Now you could add to this list, and Jesus could have gone on and on and on and on, you know, um, and, uh, you know, unforgiveness, criticism, slander, judgment, uh, on and on. He could have gone on and on. These are the things that defile the man. The thoughts, evil thoughts, he said. These are the things that defile the man. And causes a person to be rejected. You can't say, well, I'm doing good, Lord. <laughs> he sees your thoughts, right? He wants repentance. Luke 6, I'm going to read uh, 39 on down. And he spake also a parable unto them, Can the blind guide the blind? Shall they not both, both fall into the a pit? The disciple is not as above his teacher. Everyone, when he's perfected, shall be as his teacher. Why beholdest then thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? This is what God hates is when people go out to be teachers when they haven't taught themselves, to get other people to repent when they haven't repented. Or how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me take cut, cast the, uh, out the moat that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye. Then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat that is in thy brother's eyes. For there is um, no good tree that bringeth forth corrupt fruit, nor again a corrupt tree that bringeth forth good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. In other words, God sows the seed in the heart which brings forth the fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold, right? For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble a bush uh, gather they grapes. The good man out of his good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Amen. And also James uh, chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good life his works in meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is the 
right using of thoughts and um, and knowledge, right? But if if uh, you have bitter jealousy, infection in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Well, that's exactly what happens when a person has faction in their heart and jealousy. They lie against the truth. This wisdom is not a wisdom that cometh down from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish, or demoniacal. For where jealousy and faction are, there is confusion in every vile deed. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. These things you're supposed to be thinking on, right? Full of mercy and good fruits, without variance and without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for them that make peace. Every evil deed, right? Every, every vile deed is brought forth from these things. And I'm going to look at Romans chapter 8, 1 through 9. And it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ made me free from the law of sin and of death. Of course, we need to remember this to be overcomers of the evil thoughts. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. Yeah, if your mind is always, your thoughts are always on the things of the flesh, that's what you're going to be, that's what you're going to do. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death. Ask God to give you the mind of the Spirit. Ask God to cause you to love the Word of God. Ask God to cause you to love to grow in Him. Right? You have not because you ask not. Right? For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God. They're disobedient. All those that have evil thoughts, illegal thoughts, are disobedient. They're not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. But if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, that's the born-again Spirit, he doesn't even belong to him. He is none of his. Now, what is the judgment upon people that reject the knowledge of God? Look at um, chapter 1 and verse 24. Wherefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart unto uncleanness, that their bodies should be dishonored among themselves. For that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So, this was their This is what caused God to turn them over to a reprobate mind. Because they changed the truth of God for a lie. And worshipped and served the creature, that's the old man, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Now I've seen God do this. I've seen visions of people. I, I know of people in the faction that fell into homosexuality, for instance. And it was because they would not receive the truth. 
and they judged others according to their own unforgiveness and criticism. And so God brought them down to humble them, to let them see you're a sinner. This person you're judging has never done this, and you're doing it. And I know of at least six people in the faction, especially leaders, who were given over to homosexuality. And it goes on to say pretty much the same thing. Um, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile passions, for their, their women changed the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working unseemliness and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was due. And he tells you why. And even as they refused to have God in their knowledge, in other words, their thoughts, God gave them up unto a reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, hateful to God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, who knowing the ordinance of God that they that practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also consent with them that practice them. Birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> Wherefore thou without excuse, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Yes, what does God do when you judge another? Well, you fall into that or worse, so that you can see you have no right to judge another. This is how God treats that every time. For thou that judgest does practice the same things. In other words, you're practicing sin and you're trying to judge someone else. Be in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is made full, he said. All right? And we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against them that practice such things. Reckonest thou this, O man, who judges them that practice such things and dost the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? No, it's not possible. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Well, okay. So we need to be merciful with others so that we don't fall under the condemnation of the devil, right? Oh, God, you're so merciful. Thank you so for your grace and your mercy unto us, O oh God. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus, Father. You know, um, in Galatians chapter 4, um, verse 28, it says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, so also it is now. In other words, Ishmael uh, brought judgment against uh, the seed of Isaac. Howbeit, what saith the Scriptures? Cast out the handmaid and her son, for the handmaid, the son of the handmaid, shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. Wherefore, brethren, we are not children of the handmaid, but of the free woman. 
Those that are born after the flesh are persecuting those who are born after the Spirit. It's always been that way. And it's always going to be that way. And of course, those people bring judgment upon themselves. You know, we're told uh, in Genesis chapter 4, 1 through 8, that Cain killed Abel. Abel was doing good. He gave a good sacrifice unto the Lord. And yet, Abel was jealous because God rejected his sacrifice, his earthly sacrifice. Uh, Cain, and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall it not be lifted up? And if thou doest not well, sin coucheth at the door. He didn't listen. He didn't listen. He didn't, he didn't change his thoughts. He rebelled against God. And because it went on to say, and God told him, Do thou rule over it. And Cain told Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and slew him. The Lord warned him because of his thoughts that you're going to do something that's evil, that's wrong. Rule over your thoughts, right? Father, we thank you so much for your mercy towards us. And we just ask you for the grace to walk in the thoughts and the mind of Jesus Christ. Amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123.